forever. Dog. Now you see him, now you don't. This week on the podcast, Janice Harrell's Fatal Magic. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And today we are talking about Fatal Magic by Janice Harrell. Um, that made me think it was about a girl getting yeah. kidnapped in like an H.H. Holmes house and instead was just like interpersonal drama and car accidents. I, it's so funny. So I did not read the back of the book. Oh, so, so you weren't disappointed with the... No, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is just like a story about this happening. And I kind of liked the book, weirdly. I mean, there was shit that I was like, okay. It was fine. It was like well-written. Yeah. For, you but know, I, I did genre. not think anything about, like, I did not have any expectations about anything that was going to happen in this book. I was I like, I don't know. Such a specific expectation. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you read the back of the book, and then we will understand why. Let me see here. Because I, I read it on, uh, I read it on Open Library. So let me see. Goodreads Fatal. Here, I'll, I'll read the Magique. Open Library back of the book then. Okay. Okay. So the one on Goodreads is uh, <laughs> really dumb. Um, okay. Uh, it Angry at her boyfriend because of his recklessness, Blythe is intrigued by the mysterious new boy in town, Harry, who lives in the creepy Kroger mansion with his magician father. Um, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like, I think it's like glitching. I'm going to, I'm going to click on it again because it. I think that's good reads. Oh, I need more coffee or something. I just searched (laughs) good reads on good reads. Oh my god, (laughs) Fatal Magic by Janice Hill. Okay, I know it's the same on Amazon. So I'll read the uh, what's on the actual back of the book, except that there is a tear in what is on Open Library, so I can't see all of it. So I can't read the first sentence, but it says, I can tell by the look in her eyes. I have to get her alone, away from her steady boyfriend, away from her friends at school. She's curious, curious enough to enter my house of mystery through the automatic (laughs) gates that lock behind her into the sealed room where escape is impossible. Now I have her where I want her, alone. Soon she will pay for the hurt she has caused me, and then she will die. Okay, so also it definitely gives it away. And also the slip into my web, and I was like, slip <laughs> or or like step into my web maybe oh, okay. Um, okay yeah probably step into my web but like all of that makes it sound like she is trapped in like a, yeah. a crazy ass magic fun house and then yeah. it wasn't that at all <laughs> she was there for like five pages total she was and not he, there like, for very he long lets her out of the locked room yeah. like it's nothing yeah and uh, yeah that i would actually be pretty pissed if i had read that thankfully i did not read it so i was just like oh like and and also, I didn't know that he was the killer. I mean, I knew, but like it wasn't the, well, the I book. It, it, I thought it could be her or the or dad. the dad. Yeah, or sorry, him or him the or dad. the dad. Um, yeah. I but at least magic should have at least played some yes. kind of role in the the final fight. But instead, it was just like another car chase. <laughs> 
There were right. like three car chases in this book. Also, like, okay, yeah, there were there was a lot of missed potential. Like the fact that the dad is like a Siegfried and Roy magician with tigers. And that it he keeps saying his partner Carl. I was like, can we talk about how the dad is gay? Yeah, because also Carl lives at the house. (laughs) The dad is so like dad's gay with Carl. Also, another like missed like missed opportunity for something really interesting that is basically just like seasoning in the book is that she works at this like parapsychology center where people. Yeah, and then it it implies she has a couple like a premonition about her dad, and she has this like bad feeling, and then that never comes up. Nothing, because she (laughs) does get trapped instantly, very easily. Um, Yeah, so there are like a lot of, so those are like the negatives for me. The positives were, I thought it was really refreshing that she doesn't end up with either boy. Yeah, I thought that was very different. And I did appreciate the because like the whole book, she's like rebuffing friendship advances from Biff and Angela, who like both of them are like, we are worried about you. Like, what is going on? (laughs) And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm I'm alone. And they're like, literally care of myself. They're like, literally, you're we're telling you you're not alone. Like, we're trying to help you. And she gets like saved by friendship or not saved. But like, that's what. Oh, Mm. not really it's like after it all happens and she doesn't then. get like literally saved but that is yeah that's the ending it's kind yeah. of <laughs> reminds me of the butterfly garden <laughs> in yeah that respect. it does yeah the butterfly that we garden. just read for our uh outside genre episode on patreon yeah Very different plot. Slash teen although creeps. according is to it? the back of the book i thought it was going to be the same plot kind of <laughs> i know creepy labyrinthine house you're trapped in uh-huh. here trapped in Incorrect. a house by an evil man Incorrect. But yeah, but the ending of, well, I guess we're spoiling Butterfly Garden a little bit for a bunch of people who didn't even no, have a chance. No, not to really. Listen. But not I'm, really. I'm doing spoiler alert right now. Um, okay. Which is that, like, in the end, she finds that she doesn't have to go it alone. And and she absolutely had, a, like, people who loved her in a support system. And I liked how she, she, she was like, I miss my dad. I realized that I actually, like, depend on his silliness. And I, I yeah. miss. Quentin and I will say like I did think she was right to want to break up with Quentin but I also oh, appreciated sure. the nuance of I still love him but I'm horrified by the fact that he got in a car accident with that girl and he doesn't seem to care as much as I do. Yeah. Um, and like that he yeah. seemed like I I I understood her resentment of like oh he's just like kind of always had it easy and then this horrible thing happens and he still seems to be having it easy and that's like I understand her being like, well, fuck, like now I'm yeah. kind of disgusted by you. But then also, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I'm I still, also still love you. And, yeah. And I, I liked the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My goodness. The, I don't know. It was like, it made her very, a very three dimensional character that she was like, I'm too much of a coward to break up with him. So instead I'm going to make out with this guy and like force him to have the conversation with me it was just like i i I appreciated that she wasn't just like straightforward heroine she she was like (laughs) kind of troubled and weird and her motivations were like sometimes pretty shitty yeah and she was like a little selfish you know this is the same writer that wrote um 
those vampire books and the yeah. first one that we liked. And I feel mm-hmm. I realize that this this author is good at writing like little weirdos. Yeah. Like complicated. Yeah. yeah complicated main characters. Oh, I also liked too. So like this other girl, is it Amanda? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, where she's like, God, she is so fucking annoying, but she does know all the gossip. So I am going to get all my information from her. So I have to yeah. talk to her <laughs> so that I can know what's going on. And mm-hmm. she's like so like outwardly rude to her, but still talks but Elizabeth, to her. like still talks to her. It's so funny. Like yeah. she'll be like Elizabeth, be like, wow, I heard about like um, Harry and Quentin getting into a fight where um, Quentin punched Harry and She's like, Quentin didn't punch anyone. Like, just instantly is like, like, you're an idiot. That didn't happen. You're stupid and wrong and dumb. And then she runs into Harry and he's got a band-aid because Quentin absolutely tried to punch it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and, she keeps telling us, like, Elizabeth is, like, so annoying. But I never saw it. Elizabeth just seemed, like, pretty normal to me. She just was gossipy and, like, that. Yeah, she just, like, wanted to be up in other people's business. But that wasn't, like. She also seemed like she genuinely cared about people at the same time so yeah oh i also liked the detail of her being like um so her mother oh that was the other thing what was the accident oh right the accident was with quentin so her mom is dead yeah her mom died so i did also like this detail of her being like when my mom was alive i only like I was, be- I was seeing my father through like the lens of my mother, and she, I, I my mom, saying, yeah, my who like my mom told me he was, yeah, because she was like, oh, he's such a good father, he's so stand, like he's a stand up guy, he's like all of these things, and then once her mom died, she sees her dad for what he really is, which is like a silly guy that has these according to her harebrained scheme like get rich quick schemes that never work out because he's kind of a shlemiel like everything bad that could happen happens to him like for Uh, example one of his quote-unquote schemes is joining the fucking naval reserve and then he gets called up to go to war in the middle east (laughs) i know or army reserve um and oh i thought it was naval uh maybe Either, I don't know. either one he thinks that he's not gonna he's like all i have to do yeah. is like go in twice a week and i can make a little extra cash and i just have to like count pens and then he he's like oh shit so there is I a war to, like, i have to go to the war. middle east <laughs> so he's in like desert storm right now yes because it, it is around 1994 that time. <laughs> yeah and so he's there he's and, in like fucking kuwait <laughs> and and he's like he and she's just like oh my god like her first reaction is just like annoyance at him for being like kind of pathetic. Um, and I did like that it evolved to her being like, you know what? Like, yeah, she's sort of there like is benefit an onion. To you silliness. peel back the layers where she yeah. seems like this really hardened person. And then you realize it's all like a protective mm-hmm. thing, I think, because she's like, it seems to me like she's really afraid that her dad isn't going to be able to take care of her because he he's not good with money and. Yeah, and, and, he, and he is kind of a little twist. idiot. <laughs> he is a dummy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does seem he seems sweet and like a good dad emotionally, but it yeah, is like no. wild to join. Yes, whatever military reserve <laughs> he joins when you're a single dad. When you're a single dad whose whose wife just died. <laughs> yeah, and you don't <laughs> and have another daughter job. Would be left with no one. Yeah, and you don't have another. Do- but it 
it is funny that she's like, so now we have less money than ever. I was like, wouldn't you have more because he's working all the time though? I think he's still getting paid the same amount. I think that's the issue is that he's getting paid. He was getting paid like a But is a it he salary. now getting paid that all the time? As no, no, no. To so just, he was, I he was per- getting apparently paid. don't know how reserves work. So I think he was getting paid every week, right? A certain amount. Mm-hmm. And then his his only responsibility, because there's like, quote, not much to do if you're just like in the reserve, mm-hmm. is to come in at like three times a week. At least this is how it was portrayed in the book. I don't know if this is real. Um, and then they call him in and they're like, OK, actually, you have to go to war. I think it's you still get paid that same amount. But now he can't work any other jobs any other days of the week because he's in Kuwait. So I think you just get paid whatever weekly monthly bi-weekly whatever the same amount whether you're here it's coming not in only the three worst days payment week. the average annual salary for a navy reserve in uh, like today is seventy thousand. yeah it's, it's, it's not terrible. sure it's 47 percent lower than the national salary average but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah maybe i don't i don't know well, i don't says, know it says yeah, 58,000 to 80,000. Big surprise. So, you know, so yesterday I did a Google search and it was like, do you want to turn on generative AI? Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to see what this looks what like. It, what it is, yeah. Well, the information is terrible. It says the average annual salary for a Navy Reserve in the United States is 70858 or $34.07 per hour. This is 47% lower than the national salary average of 66000 per year. No. What are you talking 70, about? 70000 is higher than 66000 You yeah. dumb AI. <laughs> yeah. Giving us oh. a thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Not factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> not actually um but it's not the worst idea no but it doesn't work out if you're a dum-dum who can't uh, get another job (laughs) why not because you have terrible instincts then yeah, yeah you get pay and benefits and your family's taken care of but you but you're can also possibly get sent to war. <laughs> yeah, you get sent to war, and if there's no one else to take care of your daughter, there's a thing where like she might get attempted murdered by a vengeful person who wants to avenge his sister, his dead sister. I felt bad for that girl. Yeah, the victim. I did too. She's never on the page though. No. Nope. Um, which is smart. I think she, if she were on the page, it would be a lot harder for the reader to forgive try to yeah and and also to like uh, not figure out what's going on yeah it's so funny maybe it's just because we read a million of these books i did not read the back of the book so i did not know for sure that he was her brother Mm -hmm. but i mean i knew with 99 percent. i we meet him he has blonde hair i'm like okay yeah i'm like why else is he here like you don't you don't in these books kill someone and and then like and nothing happens. Not not have a revenge plot enacted yeah. against you. They're not gonna have either their sibling or themselves. They somehow survived or something. Like someone is going to do revenge on you. Is going to do a revenge, yeah. Yeah. Um but just like poor- the Netflix movie, Do Revenge. Ah uh, yes. Which I have not seen, but everyone says is fun. I like um it. yeah, I've I've heard I have, it's like 
quite you fun. Know, I don't. It doesn't go hard quite like our um, movie of our generation would, but it it's a very Gen Z version of like Heather's or something. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I liked it. Um, what was I going to say about this book? Oh, although if you think about it, really, mm. it's a millennial version of that because because Gen Z millennial probably wrote it. it. Yeah, whereas Gen X was writing ours. Interesting. Not even Gen X. Not even. It'd be boomers. Boomers. Mm-hmm. So boomers go harder than millennials. Mm-hmm. It turns out. Well, it's like cool boomers. We're the right? ones. We're the ones making all the gentle content. <laughs> I know. It's so like the. It's the like call the participation is coming from pro- inside the house, thing. Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the participation trophy thing. Yep. Of like boomers. And that wasn't of us. That was the no, people. That giving was for it. the fucking the parents. Creating it. Yeah. You think I gave a shit if I got a trophy? No. It, I'm sure like, I did. But but a participation trophy isn't a real trophy, and we all knew it, and it was like basically yeah, like know. a here you go, you pathetic piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like most improved player. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. We, we didn't want the actual item. No. We wanted to win. Wanted to win. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Not everyone can win, and that's a valuable lesson um, mm-hmm. to learn that you don't get everything all the time. You um, don't join the Naval Reserve if you don't want to be called up to Desert Storm. Because sometimes you lose. Sometimes, sometimes you lose and you go to Kuwait. Um, and you have to, you send a, a letter with a pocket full of sand and be like, this is mm-hmm. all I see around me. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> this dad. <laughs> I uh, felt when bad for my him. cousin Doug went to, uh, had, was called up in Desert Storm because he was in the Navy, um, he sent a little, a little bottle of sand. <laughs> Whoa, is it just like a thing? They all like to do yeah, that? Yeah, it's just a thing. It's like, I don't know, you go, you go well, like, find what else a war is there to send someone? in the Middle East and you send sand. It's like, I don't know. I mean, what else uh, are you going to send? Like the corpse of a school that you bombed? Yeah. That's um, not going to fit in a bottle. <laughs> um, I guess or it would have to fit in many bottles. Yeah. Um, and I also got a shirt that said Hard Rock Cafe uh, Kuwait. <laughs> Whoa, whoa! That is pro- you could probably sell that for so much fucking money. I don't know you where it is anymore. That is a dynamite. I loved like, that I would shirt. Love I loved that it. shirt. And then it it had a little fake sign hanging on it that said "Closed for Desert Storm." Oh, that's so funny! You could sell that for so much money. I bet. I want. I wonder if I could find it somewhere. eBay. You can tell I'm in financial straits when I'm like, you should sell it. Should I'm sell like it. looking for shit to sell in my house, bro. <laughs> like, what can I sell? Um, but yeah, so, uh, Blythe, basically like the whole book we're in her head and I did think she, she was fun to be in the head of cause she was like kind of smarmy and like, like snarky and, and funny and kind of like, well, look, I mean, like she would, she would be like, ugh, frankly, when I think about Quentin, I'm absolutely repulsed. And then she would like see him and she'd be like, okay, he is hot. That's true. Yes. He is hot. <laughs> and she's like, I hate that I'm attracted to him. I do. And then she sees Harry and she hears from Elizabeth, the fucking goss queen, who's like, so that guy over there, he's asking about you and asking if you're single. And she's like, say I am. And she's like, what about Quentin? And she's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And and she looks over and she's like, oh, this guy, he's hot. He's got like, like, mind your fucking business. (laughs) She's so mean. And then Elizabeth is like, (laughs) okay. I really liked this one section where she's Quentin's about to take her to the sweetheart stance, which I thought was like there was a lot of interesting, unique detail in this book. Like there are two like secret fraternities on their high school oh, campus. Yeah. 
the um the one that Quentin's a part of. Oh dang it, I forget the name of the one Quentin's a part of. But then the other one is called the Green Cheese Club, which yeah. like does sound like one of those weird, yeah, like secret society things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's these two clubs giving the dance, and so it's is it that not everyone is actually invited because it's not? Yeah, it's just a school people- function. It's being held at a yacht club. Yeah, and it's just people that are like associated or invited by this secret club. Yeah, so it's really interesting. And so he comes and picks her up for the dance and he gives her this bouquet of like pink carnations and a bunch of other stuff and she's like this isn't like feasible as a yeah, as a corsage. I cannot yeah. wear this. And he says you hold it in your dainty hand when you go to um, meet your sweetheart, crowed Quentin. He held out a crooked arm for me to hang on to. That's me, your sweetheart. A world where people lived out their whole lives in denim and sweatshirts didn't give Quentin the scope he needed. I knew that, and for Christmas, I had given him a sterling silver pen knife engraved with his initials. It came from Tiffany's in a baby blue box tied up with white ribbon and was tiny enough to put on a key ring. It was just his kind of thing, special, expensive, and elegant. I tucked the small bouquet in my belt and took his arm. Bye, Dad. Yeah. I just thought that was so, that's such an interesting little insight into yes. Quentin. <laughs> yes. And just like the details, like it just feels like this, these people all feel really real because it's so specific and weird. Like I love when weird specific details are like that because I feel like, have you ever written something and sent it out for notes and then someone's like, this is weird. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, this thing is weird. Is why weird. is it weird? I didn't under- why is it this weird thing? And it's like, because like, I don't know, it makes it it's feel specificity real. makes yeah. it feel more real. The irony is that the more specific you make something, the actually realer and more universal it becomes because then because people of truth. see themselves in it more. Yes, yes, because of truth. You dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, get it together. Get your head out of the fucking sand. <laughs> <laughs> your head out of the sand that your dad sent you yeah, in Kuwait, in Kuwait. <laughs> and read a book just for fucking once um, so i appreciated these weird details like the green yeah. cheese club doing this dance we were like what is this weird yeah, club? Just, everything you know seemed what? like it was given way more thought than one of the usual entries in this genre it reminds me of like have, have you ever felt this way about like early 80s slashers that are just like like ones that it's like oh no one's ever really heard of this but it's so like every detail super specific and it's like it's just it feel I don't know how to describe it I'm thinking of like I could just see this as like a teen slasher movie or not slasher I guess because this is not slashery but where they're like oh the green cheese club is throwing this dance and it's like the what okay like I guess <laughs> yeah like I guess they're going you it's, it's could cool look at that and be like that is like why why is it that why isn't it just a school dance and it's like well because that's less interesting well and because there shit like that happens yeah because these things do exist it feels yeah it's not like just somebody writing about a high school experience who can't even remember high school right exactly exactly Mm -hmm. because there was stuff like that, right? Like we had a dance called black and white where everyone just wore black and white and it was at Knott's Berry Farm. Like, why did we have that? It's so weird. Like, what? Like, uh-huh. why? That's not even a theme, but like, whatever. It, it's stuff like that where it's it feels like someone that 
is making these people real in this world real. And she's yeah. o- she's always done that. I feel like I mean, I don't know about her second book that we read because that didn't feel like she wanted to write that book. That just felt very rushed. Yeah. yeah. But that first book of hers we loved for that reason, too, because it was like because the main character is a fucking sloppy Joe. Uh-huh. And she's a vampire, which and is a vampire. Like, you never get like a mess of a vampire. Yeah. And in, yeah. in this one, it's just this girl that's like, mm, I don't really like my boyfriend very much. This, like prickly girl. You never get like a prickly girl. Yeah. And Except this for is, in Christopher Pike, you get very prickly sure, girls. You get very prickly girls. But I also like why we love too, Christopher Pike. Yes. I also liked too that she was like like she was like, eh, I feel kind of meh about Quentin, but he is hot and like whatever. We have like rapport, so of course I have feelings for him. And then she's like, This hairy guy, like, he's like hot also and interesting and new, but like she's not like head over heels for him like you know what i mean like she's just very yeah. like mm, i'm kind of like like he's got something yeah he's got something and i'm kind of like using him to make quentin break up with me because i just like really don't want to be with quentin anymore um and she, oh also she's like trying to prove to her dad that she can take care of herself because she doesn't want to move to oregon while he's gone in kuwait so mm-hmm. she's like minimizing the stuff that's happening to her like she's like not really telling him a lot of stuff because she's like well I don't want him I don't want to move which like seemed like a simple and easy way to just this is why dad's not getting involved so that was good it, w- it was a nice twist on dad's out of town because eventually he is out of town but it, w- it was just a nice change yeah um but she does go to this dance and um Quentin's like we've got a really cool act to like for the intermission like I don't even know <laughs> what this he, he's just like in the middle of the dance we're gonna have this really cool act and everyone's gonna flip and um she's like what also she's been like kind of talking to Harry at this point but nothing's happened yet but she does know that his dad is a famous magician and that they live in this creepy mansion at the end of the like town at the edge of town and so there's like dancing, dancing. She's kind of like, I don't really want to deal with Quentin, but he's hot, whatever. Then they're like, time for the mid dance show. And it's a magic act put on by Harry. And he does like dove stuff, a rabbit thing. Yeah, he, I'm trying to think what he, he, yeah, he does the thing where it's like, Oh no, there's so many rabbits and they're like getting getting away from me. Um Yeah. Oh, and there's like, oh, so many tissues like, coming out of my sleeves. Ah. Yeah. The when it started with that, I was like, I have a really hard time believing teenagers think this is <laughs> this cool. is cool. <laughs> um, but then it started to get like actual magic was happening and I was and so that was better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> I thought it was funny that um Oh, my God, I've totally blanked on the main character's name. Uh, Blythe. Blythe. I thought it was really funny that Blythe sees this and is like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. And um, he is an amazing person. Yeah. (laughs) And I am so turned on right now. Yeah, she's very turned on by the magic, which, I mean, here's the thing. I am attracted to someone being very good at what they're doing. Yeah. Like everybody loves competence, right? Everybody loves seeing someone that's just killing it. 
And I guess he's really killing it with this with this magic because he's according doing like to the book. Yeah, according to the book, he's like pulling bunnies out. Like you said, there's too many bunnies at one point, And then he's like, no, there's no bunnies. And there's only one bunny. He pulls the one bunny out and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got the too many tissue. He did the too many tissues thing. And then he and like, like disappears in a yeah. staircase or something. Yeah. He, there's like a ladder. He does yeah. a ladder thing. He's, and he's everyone's got a like, set oh. with him. It's like. <laughs> yeah. He has a whole set. He like wheels out yeah, a set. He like wheels in a little staircase and bookshelf. Yeah. And everyone's like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. Which like I would think so too. I'd be like, wow. Like, you know what the vibes are? <laughs> It is the vibes of a senior night hypnotism act. It's like everyone being like, what the fuck? Wait. Yeah. Or, or it's like a, a lip sync when like a bunch of guys. Oh, yes. And in, they're so good. And, and, they're, and they're good. And they do like two dance moves. And everybody's just like, I never would have believed that they could do yeah. this. Yeah. Or it's or like, just, it's just like everybody's riding on the high of seeing people they know do something like vaguely performative. Yes. Have you seen this video, Lindsay? It's so funny. It's a it's a video of like one of those like party hypnotism things. Uh-uh. <laughs> this guy convinces this other guy. So the hypnotist is like, you are. Wow. The first martian to come to <laughs> to come to to come to earth ah uh, like what do you think about earth and he's like a little something and then everyone in the room starts like busting up and he like asks him he's like oh wow um he's like like how long are you gonna be here and he's like <laughs> In the made up Martian language. Yes. <laughs> and he's That's so funny. serious. It's very funny. If I can find it, I will send it to you because I was dying <laughs> laughing watching it. Uh, oh, I found I found the Hard Rock Cafe shirt. I should say, like, I I loved the shirt. I was a child. I recognize an, as an adult now that this is imperialist garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hard Rock Cafe Baghdad closed due to desert storm. Oh, hmm. to strong desert storm, and then on the back, it, it's really, it's truly like a trash shirt. It. It's like an awful shirt. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have it anymore. And then it on a back is like a rudimentary map of the region, and it says like "free again," and I was there, and points to Kuwait. Whoa. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I my. definitely didn't remember the back of this shirt. Whoa. I mean, of course you didn't remember because yeah. also it wasn't. I was seven. Yeah, I didn't it know wasn't anything. clicking in your head when you were seeing. You were just like, "Oh, cool, Hard Rock Cafe." Well, at the time, it's like, you, you don't know that this is like, <laughs> you no. don't know about the military industrial. No, you complex. don't know, and and also, yeah, you have no and reason. All you to know, know is like voices that cares out, and it's and your cousin is gone, and it's making you cry, and he sent you a shirt. That's like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so when I say I loved that shirt, it's not that uh, I think well, it's you a were... good shirt. It, as an adult, I recognize it is like racist garbage. Yes. <laughs> racist imperialist garbage. But uh, that is the shirt I had. Hard Rock Cafe Baghdad closed due to strong desert storm. I thought <laughs> that it was maybe like some like knockoff shirt that he had picked up from like some person. You know what I mean? At first. It but is, now 
it I, is. I'm I now know seeing who made it. I don't think Hard Rat Cafe made it. No, no, it's they didn't like make a it. joke. I don't know where it I came think it from. probably was made by army people or something. I think so. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. You know, like they very were interesting. Huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Strange. But yeah, so oh, okay. So then the 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 act ends and they're like, We're done. Now it's the rest of the dance. And And she's like, Now's my chance to blow up my life. <laughs> yeah. So then she goes she sees Harry and he's oh, at this point too, she's like, Quentin, like we're like, I don't really want to talk to you about the state of our relationship. <laughs> and he's like, Okay. I feel like something's up and she's like, I have to go outside. And he's like, okay. So she goes outside. Harry, Harry's there and he's like, um, I am going to kiss you. <laughs> they kiss. I mean, it's not he just kisses her. They have a moment and they kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he's like, I need a math tutor. And she's like, well, I'm really good at math. And oh, this is the other. I liked this detail where she's like, ooh, he's like kind of dumb and needs me. Whereas Quentin's really good at math and never <laughs> needs me to teach him. And like, I do like this power dynamic. I really do appreciate what a weird, complicated yeah. <laughs> character she is and like oh. how emotionally uh, distressed. Yeah. And also she's like, oh, by the way, it's five bucks an hour. Like she's like, I'm still going to get paid. And her rate is usually four. And she's yeah, because <laughs> he's rich and like she's so, like, look, a girl's got to look out for herself. Yeah. She's like, listen, my dad is about to go to Desert Storm. So I need some mm-hmm. cash money. So he's like, OK, great. And then she goes downstairs and Elizabeth's like, ooh, I heard that you were kissing Harry. Mm-hmm. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> and then it's Quentin's like, you don't like, know what so, you're talking about, even though that was like the plan. <laughs> the plan. And then Quentin's like, so I heard you were kissing Harry. And she's like, we're not dating anymore. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about at first? She's like, and we're she not- was like, oh, right. I wanted this. Yeah, and she's like, well, we're not going steady. And he's like, okay. She's like, I think we should see other people. No, yeah, I think we should see other people. And he's like, fine. And he's like, do you want me to like take you for a burger or something? Maybe we can talk about this. And she's like, can you please just drop me off? So he's like, okay. So he drops her off. Or but he, the like varying like negotiations he goes through is like very sad though. And I was feeling for Quentin in this moment. <laughs> right. He's like, what are you trying what, you just want to like show that you're like a free spirit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't own you. And she's like, that's not it. He's like, okay. Um, all right, I get it. So I guess I guess um you think I take you for granted. Yeah, he's like, I, I won't anymore. And yeah. um, and so it's fine. And we'll just forget all about this. She's like, I don't just like drop me at home. And he's like, okay, I will definitely call you tomorrow and we will work this out. <laughs> yeah. But just, also like, at trying the same- so hard to keep the relationship. Would you like I feel like you seldom see in a breakup in these books? Oh, yeah. And he's like pretty level headed about it, too. But maybe it's because he's used to always getting his way. So he's like, well, it'll just work out. Like, I think he's freaking out. I don't think he's level headed. I think he's just like desperate flailing. Right. But thank- <clears throat> thankfully, he does respect her space and drops her off. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't call her the next day. But I understand, too, why like going into the dance, she's very turned off by him because he's acting the same way that he was acting the night yeah. that he did a... DUI murder or Uh, uh, like I will say in the beginning it's like he he had had a few beers but he wasn't over the limit and I was like yeah but he's not 21 so like yeah why isn't he still in trouble yeah he should still be in trouble 
And I wonder like what the limit is in that state too, because also like drinking and driving wasn't really made illegal until when was it like the 80s, 70s? There's like there's like videos. Yeah. Well, I I think there's like in certain states because there are videos of people like man on the street interviews of people like getting really mad that DUI laws are getting put into place. And there's like literally a guy holding a can of beer while driving like he's stopped in his it car. It really just makes you realize that this country has always been dumb. Always been and dumb. And it wasn't like just in the last few years that we all became dumb. Yeah. Well, like even seatbelt laws. There's yeah. e- there's like videos of of people hating required seatbelts. When it's that like I did know, but I didn't know about the drunk driving. Yeah. There's like a video of like a guy with glasses and like a trucker hat, and he's like, I, he's like, if I want to drink beer while I'm driving, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, and he's like literally holding a can with like a koozie in his car, pissed <laughs> that he can't drive while drinking anymore. Like literally drinking and driving at the same time. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So it's, I wonder if, and I don't know if it was as late as the 80s. Maybe it's like the 70s that some states it was like you could still drink and drive. Let me see. Because there's there is a way to figure this out. <laughs> um, okay. For some reason, I'm seeing that it's 1910. <laughs> Wait, but then maybe it was like, could you? Oh, maybe there's something else. Oh, I guess it was just that it it was just that it wasn't really, um, what's it called? Enforced. So drunken driving was mm. not a high priority in the late 60s and 70s. Um, basically, it wasn't uncommon for police officers to allow inebriated drivers to just sleep it off. Um, and they were often allowed to just find another way home. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, in 1972, states began to pass per se DUI laws where the state did not. Hold on. Yeah. So in, in 1910, there was no definition of what inebriation qualified as drunk driving Hmm. um so the laws had no standards really um and the permissible whoa so get this prior to the 1960s the um permissible permissible blood alcohol content levels were above 0.1 and 0.12 and then the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration showed legislators statistics and graphic photos, basically showing them red mm. asphalt. Um, so, yeah, it, it, uh, it was not until the 70s that state and federal governments sought to institute stricter legal limits. Um, that's what it is. 1972 states passed per se DUI laws where the state did not need to prove that the alcohol affected the driver's ability to operate the motor vehicle. So it's basically just like if your BAC is over the limit, then you get arrested. Um, So it was lowered to 0.1 or 0.12 in the 60s. Then it is 0.08 starting in the 70s. And that's what it is today. 0.08. I still remember that. But if it's 21 and under and commercial drivers, the BAC limit is even lower. So anyway, that being said, maybe it was like they don't really care. Because he didn't get arrested for drinking and driving. 
He doesn't even get in any trouble. It was just like, well, oh, he got like a ticket for speeding or something. It was like an infraction. Mm -hmm. Um, He got like maybe for like driving recklessly under bad conditions or something. Driving recklessly. Um, But so they learned that the girl that he hits at the beginning of the book, we know that she is paralyzed. Then we find out like three quarters of the way through the book that she has killed herself. Very sad. And yep. she's apparently tried a couple times and only now succeeded. And um, they're like, is this, this is before Quentin dies. So she's like, oh my mm-hmm. God. And she can't deal with it. And how I don't remember how Quentin reacts. Well, she doesn't really talk to him about it anymore. Yeah. I don't think she talks to him about the fact that the girl killed herself because I think she finds out from Elizabeth. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they never discuss it. it he, she just finds out and she's like, oh, right. That's why I broke up with him. Because she's kind of like, oh, am I doing the right thing by not going out with Quentin anymore? And then she finds out the girl killed herself. She's like, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm doing the right thing. Right, right, right. Um, And then Quentin is like picking fights with Harry at school and is like, you're doing this to get to me. And then Quentin doesn't show up up to school the next day and Blythe gets really worried, goes by his house, sees that the police are there. And so she assumes the parents are filing a missing person report and she gets really upset and she goes to Harry's house and she's telling him about it. And he's like, come over and see the tigers. Oh, right. Because the tigers are, their names are cute. Pixie and snowball. Snowball. (laughs) And she goes over and, um, she sees the tiger charm that was that was attached to the um the keys the the like master key to everything and she like sees a hand and then looks further and Quentin is getting chomped by a tiger Quentin's already dead body is getting chomped yeah. by a tiger uh she she grabs the key instinctively and doesn't give it to Harry and I liked this too. I liked that where she was like, oh, I'll just grab it and maybe I'll give it back to him later. But she never does. Mm-hmm. And she realizes later that she just did that through instinct and was like, maybe I should keep yeah, this like, key. Deep down, she did like suspect that Harry had something to do with it. And they come and they determine that Quentin actually oh, died of a, a head trauma. Like yes. He, he like cracked his head and they find a piece of his shirt up on the, like snagged on the fence. They're like, oh, he must have like, Climb the fence to like play some sort of prank on Harry for stealing his girlfriend. And it was just a tragic accident. And the tigers didn't actually kill him. And so, like, we're just ruling this an accident that was essentially like Quentin's own doing. Yeah. She's like, that doesn't feel right to me. Well, also, none of this feels right. <laughs> she, so she's not processing this one detail, but like during the magic show, in one of the magic things that Harry's doing, he goes up on a really tall ladder and Quentin's like, oh, I can't watch this part because he's afraid of heights. And yeah, she realizes that at the funeral. Yeah. But she like she in that moment is just like, oh, yeah, he's afraid of heights. He doesn't he doesn't like heights, whatever. And then we move on. But so she doesn't clock the heights thing until later when she's like, because at that moment, she's just like, something's weird, something's weird, I don't know what, but something's weird. Yep. And I was 
glad that they didn't kill the tigers. Me too. That would have been sad. I know. And it is, and she's like further, it's further cemented that Harry, something is up with Harry because Harry is only concerned about whether or not the tigers get punished for this. Yeah. And seems to care not at all that Quentin died. I know. She's like, are you going to Quentin's funeral? He's like, ew, why? Like, why would I do that? He's like, me and my dad are going to go watch a cool magic thing. So <laughs> we're going out of town for a going out of town show. for a magic show. Like, why would we go? I like, I don't know him. I don't know him. So like, why would I go? <laughs> and she's like, OK, wacko. And then while at the funeral, they're like singing something about like God on high or something. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, wait, Quentin was afraid of heights. He wouldn't have been climbing that fence. I was right. Harry did have something to do with it. Goes over to the house without telling anyone. Yeah, she's got the key. And this is while Harry and his father are at the magic show. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into the, the locked room that she sh- got put into when she showed up to tutor him. Looks around, sees that. Or she's like spying. She like gets out a pair of binoculars and is spying on the house. Realizes that new glass has been put into one of the windows. Goes in the house. It's the window in the locked room. And then she's looking around and she finds Quentin's Tiffany um, pen knife Mm -hmm. that she gave him. Um, But the blade's been snapped off. That detail really came into play. So yeah, the blade's been snapped off and she's like, he got pushed out this window. And then Harry's like, so you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a little villain moment. He really has like quite the villain monologue. It's pretty funny like how callous and weird he is. At He's this very point. weird. Very He's weird. So weird. I'm trying to find his monologue um, moment. Yeah, the moment when he catches her in the room because I think his reaction is so Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Here just it so villainous. Okay. He's so smiley. Yeah. Um, so she's just like, she's sneaking around. She thinks she's being all sneaky and she finds she finds the knife. <laughs> so just then I heard the door to the room open and I turned around suddenly. Harry stood in the open doorway smiling. Blythe, he said, what brings you here to visit us? Not that I'm not always glad to see you. I, I came to return your key. I accidentally walked off with it and came to bring it back. He laughed. Keep going. I'm enjoying this. And what oh, yeah. brought you up to the study? Maybe you left an algebra book up here or something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> His gaze had wandered to the algebra book lying on the desk. Come on. I'm sure you can think of some reason or other for coming up here. Just keep working on it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's scary and weird. <laughs> and he, she says, you killed Quentin, didn't you? I blurted out. He closed the door behind him and walked over to me. When he touched me, I cringed, but he only patted his hands briskly over my body. Just checking to make sure you aren't wired for sound. He laughed. We came back early, as you see. The performance was canceled. The magician had the flu. But that's okay. I wouldn't have missed this little meeting of ours for the world. Here we are together, all alone. And it just says, I didn't care for his expression. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was so funny. It's like, keep going. I'm in, like, I wonder why you came up to the study. So strange. Yeah. And then he's, he's just so like, oh, I didn't mean to kill him so fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I freaked out and I hit him with a bookend. And he's like holding the bookend. And then then he admits it's because the the girl that Quentin hit was his sister. Which we all saw and, coming. Um, and she's like, 
<laughs> two wrongs don't make a right. And uh, he's like, pretty sanctimonious, aren't we? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And then he, so he, he bonked him on the head. The dad um, came up, he, I guess, just like tried to go out the window. And that's why they had to replace the, get the glass. I think he like, I think Quentin broke the window pane, but didn't get a chance to go out. He got bonked first. Mm-hmm. And so they staged the whole thing with the shirt and the tigers because also, um, like, there was a fight and uh, oh yeah, his arms he, got he like up. cut Quentin's arms up with the letter opener. Yeah, and so they had to bring the tigers in to make it look like he'd been mauled after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she just gets away by, um. So she's like, don't worry. Uh, I'm just glad that I know now and I won't tell anyone. <laughs> it's like, good oh, for yeah. you for trying. Yeah, yeah. And and she's like, anyway, I'm moving. Fresh start and all that. <laughs> she's trying to do the thing that we were saying. Yes, which you should always do is always, like play along. At least be try. Cool. Yeah, at least try. Like he's not buying it, but at least it buys her time and at least she's not being a dummy. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, where are you moving? And she's like, Washington, D.C. Oh, she lies. Mm, I, I just like feel that. like it's time for me to start fresh. And he's oh, like, funny thing. Um, that's kind of what dad and I have in mind, too. And she's like, I guess this is so long then. And he's like, I guess it is. And he's smiling. And he just picks up the heavy bookend and turns toward her. And <laughs> it's just this, like, little polite little game he's playing as he's, oh, like, totally so planning on killing her. Um, so she just, oh, she just grabs the algebra book, throws it at him, um, and it gives, it knocks him off balance and off guard just enough for her to, like, run out the door. And since she has the key, she's, like, able to get out. And there's a car chase. She has her dad's car, which it's established that it was leaking oil. And so as the dad and Quentin are chasing after her, their car uh, slides in the oil and they go off a cliff and into a rock quarry and die. Yep. And then Biff comes along and Angela and Angela and her mom insist that that uh, Blythe stay with them for the rest of high school. And yeah, it turns out she had friends all along. Yeah, because they were worried about her. Oh, my God. I also liked the moment that she's like, she's like, oh, my God. Wow. I'm so lucky that dad's car leaked the oil. Forgive me if you said this part already. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Go ahead. Okay. Um, that dad's car leached the oil because then like um they slipped on it and that's how they died and biff was like okay but like i was driving too behind you and she's like "Mm, true (laughs) he's like also i would have like helped you (laughs) yeah and that was the thing he like he followed her because he saw her like tearing down the road and he was like whoa where is she going so fast so he like goes to follow her and it's just this whole like Biff is the one who breaks up the fight between Quentin and Harry and Angela's like always checking up on her, always asking like, hey, like you should sleep at my place, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no. So like it is really nice that at the end they're like, no, we are going to stay by your side. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, shit. OK, I did have friends, which like, I don't know. I really liked that. Yeah, me it was too. sweet. It's very sweet. Um. But I also like, yeah, she doesn't end up with either Harry or Quentin. Yeah, they both die. They both die. <laughs> and they're both kind of shitty in and, different yeah. ways. Like, 
Quentin is like rich boy spoiled shitty, and Harry is uh, sociopath murderer shitty, <laughs> but <a> murderer, <laughs> and also like a magician. So I was a magician. Probably like would have grown up to have a membership in the Magic Castle and like take girls there and like roofie their drinks. I know. I listen. The Magic Castle's fun. I love the Magic Castle. I just don't know if I'd trust anybody who's a member of the Magic Castle. I had I had a member um, bring – it was like a friend of a friend, whatever, bring us in. And he was like very um, milady. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was very that. He was like, now, if you'll follow me this way, ladies. Because yep. <laughs> he was like a cousin of the friend of a friend. So it was like <laughs> – yeah, he, he was very – yeah, exactly. That kind of guy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Oh, oh no, it went <laughs> away. Oh, do you think he worked magic on me as revenge? Probably. His fatal magic. You got to be careful. Yeah. Um, But it was fun and I do like it. And I mean, I will say, you know me, I love parlor tricks. I love someone exercising manipulation on someone else. Love that. And I love, I like close up magic. Like I do, I know it's the dorkiest of all magic. But I do think it's fun. Like, I do like sleight of hand. I Actually, never understand how it's done, and I'm, I'm always impressed. <laughs> I love sleight of hand and close-up magic. I actually think it's more dorky to be like, look at my tigers. Like, I think it's more dorky mm. to be like, look at these tigers coming out <laughs> mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, wherever, mm-hmm. cages. Because A, animal cruelty, don't love that. Mm-hmm. And then B, True. it just it feels well, like a hat hand. on a hat. When... When would a tiger ever be happy being magic? Uh, when he has a pool to swim in every day, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but what, don't you think he'd rather... And when he's raised by humans and he thinks he's a human. Oh, my God. The b- tigers in this book are so happy. <laughs> <laughs> they they are very happy. But I oh, I would just get so sad. No, Kelly. And the tigers. dolphins love working in SeaWorld. And Shamu was just PMSing. That's why they <laughs> Shamu killed those people. Yes. Killed trainer after trainer. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's not because he was a wild beast being kept in captivity <laughs> yeah being kept in a tiny pool mm-hmm. not, not yeah. much larger than its body yes um what does sea world do now um now it that might be mostly like thing. aquarium and rides but i haven't been Me since neither. i was like a teenager mm. but because i i'm from san diego and so we i had a like annual pass to SeaWorld for a few of the years I was a kid. Yeah, when I was in college there, I had an annual pass because it was pretty cheap. Yep. Yeah, because it was never like so popular. No, no. I think they do still have a dolphin show. Hold on. Yeah, maybe. Like, but maybe it's more like education focused or something. Just like in our favorite show, H2O. Just add water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was shot. At, in San Diego, weirdly. At SeaWorld. <laughs> no, do you think... No. <laughs> An Australian show that shot in San Diego. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> you said, do you think that... Something about sea the World? show? H2O? Oh, that it's just more of an educational version where it's just more like, this. these are these animals. Instead of like, look at them jumping around and... Just no. standing on them like a ski do. I don't. Yeah, I, I really don't know. What no way to know. Be. I don't know what's allowed. Coming up on our next episode, live from SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, um, do you remember the trick that they used to play at the dolphin show? Do you remember Which that trick? Where they would be like, "We're calling up a family," but then like the mom would always be a trainer, and then they'd oh, be I like, didn't "All remember right, that. now we're gonna have you um come over and pet the dolphins," and then the mom falls in, and the dad and the son are like, "Oh my god." And oh, then I didn't remember any of this. Yeah. And then they're like, just swim over to like Pearl or whatever, <clears throat> whatever the dolphin's name was. And then she would like stand up on it and they'd be like, wow, mom, you did great. As you guys probably guessed, this is trainer Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's like Magic Mike uh, in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. It's like that where they invite a girl up and she just always happens to be a dancer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wait, have you been? Wait. To Magic Mike. To Magic Mike? Mm-hmm. Great show. Is really fun? fun. Yeah, very fun. I highly recommend it. Is it better than Thunder Down Under? I have not been to that, so I could not compare. Did but you know? I had a great time. I mean, the movie is great. Yeah, love did the you, movies. Did you know that? I haven't seen the third one yet. Me neither. We should cover it. I <laughs> think the strike <laughs> Just is over. <laughs> um. Did you know that there's a Thunder Down Under um, renovation show (laughs) where the Thunder Men come and, like, demolish someone's house? What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they, like, do Uh, any design, but I think that their bodies are used for tearing things down. (laughs) And then they, like, do... I I have not actually seen a second of the Mm. show. I've only seen, like, the thumbnail. But hold on. Let me... I, I remember, like... Hold on. I remember being like, there's no way this is about Thunder Down Under, but then it's a <laughs> Thunder Down Under renovation. It's, yeah, it's an HGTV show. Flip the Strip. Flip the Strip. Yeah. That is and such a good title. Yeah. Really, really good title. Um, Yeah. So they are headliners by night and expert tradesmen by day. <laughs> They launch a home renovation business and team up with interior designer Kelly Stone to turn their clients' cookie-cutter homes into glitzy desert oases. Do we watch this? Yeah, I I think we do this after H2O. In the true spirit of Sin City, the six-hour-long episode, so it's only six, will showcase over-the-top style, including decadent chandeliers, imaginative bar setups, custom statement balustrades, and one abstract art piece involving paint and a shirtless dancer. Oh, my God. The promo images. All of them. So it's four very buff men in just pants in front of like a kitchen island that's halfway renovated with like two drills and then a bunch of sandpaper. And they're like leaning on the table. Man, we got to watch this show. I This sounds campy and fun. Okay. The men who all had backgrounds working in construction and home renovation before joining the review will flex their muscles in a different way on the show. Each of the four has a specific renovation role to tackle. Patterson serves as the project manager. Black is a meticulous painter. Cleary is a carpenter. And Wills Martin is a demo and do-it-all expert. Oh, yep. And then there's an image of them all. They're holding some kind of beam while the interior designer (laughs) just stands there holding a squirt bottle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, this all makes sense. We are here in the United States to perform, but we also want to try our hand at building a business and delivering the best possible renovations to our clients. The series premiere will capture Stone and her often shirtless colleagues collaborating to create a more streamlined space for homeowners. (laughs) These promo images. 
doing like they're just drilling things without shirts on. <laughs> yep. Oh. Put it on the list. Oh, we got to put this on the list. Let us know. Would you be interested in us covering? I mean, we're going to do it no matter what because this is what we do. We do what we like and hope that you guys like it. And so far, it's been mm-hmm. a success. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like particularly the people who are Patreon. Um, yeah, who are patrons on, on Patreon are like very aligned with our tastes and interests yeah with our with our flights of fancy uh-huh when we're like h2o and everyone's like um hello <laughs> claire 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 i told you i'm afraid of water I'm really disappointed in you dead dead kim. what about the sea turtles kim. dead kim <laughs> kim are you doing captain kim now kim. <laughs> hello no that's that's uh, Cleo. Her sister's name is Kim. Oh, Kim. that's right. Kim. 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 Aren't you going to help me with the dishes? <laughs> you said ten dollars. Kim is a sociopath. Kim is evil. I'm loving her energy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know when Charlotte comes into play, like the quiz talked about, <laughs> but Kim is a very good villain so far. <laughs> and uh, oh, what's the brother's name that she like gets in on it? Who's um, Emma's brother? It's like Clarence or something. I don't know. He's a tiny little hero, though. I love him. Oh, wait. Maybe I have to rewatch the these episodes because like, I don't remember him. We have to expose them. And he's like, I was taught. Um, oh, wait, because I haven't seen this. This is episode five, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't seen this okay, one yet. Okay, okay, okay. okay Spoilers. Okay. I started watching it. I, I didn't ahead. know that there was like a little sibling B story. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, you did because you saw that she's been snooping. Oh, but I didn't know there was a brother. Okay, I've spoiled it. It's Fuck. great. Fuck. I'm really enjoying it. I haven't finished the episode. <laughs> I mean, I love this show. I love it. It is so brainless. There's like no stakes. It is so it's stupid. so dumb. It's so just the, like, doo, 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 yeah, doo, like doo, literally doo. like the problems that they encounter are like nothing. I mean, they are it's problems, so dopey. It's but the, so dopey. Like it's it's really like the oh God, Claire yeah. being like being like, I don't want to be a mermaid. And then she's like, but the turtles, I guess I do want to be a mermaid. I'm like, what? <laughs> How does this make you want to be a mermaid? Whatever. This bitch gets to caught in her own dad's net. Oh my god, net. she's caught in the net. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes, I guess I'm caught. Yeah, and she just like goes to sleep. Resigned. Okay. Anyway, that's this is a preview of the episode we're about to Patreon.com slash teen creeps. Um speaking of, thank you so much, everybody who supports us on there. Um <sighs> thank you. Uh, for helping us live during this time and a very special personalized shout out to our Patreon producers who give at the $15 a month level. Thank you, Adam Howitz. Amanda K. Amy T. Ann Dwyer. Caitlin L. Carrie H. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny B. Drew, we're honest. Sorry, I keep almost laughing because I'm just remembering the imagery of Cleo stuck in her dad's neck. <laughs> <laughs> She's just sleeping. Okay. She's like, oh. <laughs> Uh, where were Drew, we? We're honest. Ellie Lagos. Emma. Emma M. Aaron B. Gabriela Santiago. Gwendolyn Ludovic. Hannah L. Jason H. Jeremy Cronk. Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich. Jesse T. Jessica Smith Harper. Jessica Yu. Jonathan Venable. Kat Miller. Katie Oldner. Keith Anderson. Kelly Burns. Carrie N. Landry Desmond. Larry Wynn. Laura Hooper. Maddie M. Megan Lozier. Melody. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Molly G. Molly Marks. Noah Spargo. Nora Ryan. Rachel C. Randy Klett. Rebecca Goss. Robert F. Ro Kalihua. Sarah Wallen. 
Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We really appreciate you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.